Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, Pastor Jim will continue our preaching series through the Gospel of Mark. We're in chapter 1, looking at verses 9 through 11. These three short verses describe a remarkable event, the baptism of Jesus. Now that raises a lot of questions. John the Baptist certainly had some. Why in the world would the Son of God need to be baptized by anyone? If it seems backwards, good, it should. And then we read about the voice of God being heard from heaven, identifying Jesus as his beloved son. Well, that doesn't happen every day. I dare say nobody has ever before or ever since received such an introductory nod of approval. What must that have been like to be there and hear that proclamation? Pastor Jim will guide us through an accurate understanding of, of all that was going on here as you listen in today, and we hope every day this week, to the message entitled, The Beloved Son of God. So why was Jesus baptized? He came to do it to fulfill all righteousness. And then secondly, he comes to John. We see that in chapter 1, verse 9, and now the final two verses for the day. The Father identifies the Son. Look at these three verses together. This is, all, this is all that Mark says about it. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Immediately, coming up out of the water, He saw the heavens opening and the Spirit, like a dove descending upon Him. And a voice came out of the heavens, You are My beloved Son. In you, I am well pleased. So John's just, matter of fact about it, he was baptized. He, um, John put Jesus under the water and he brought him up again. In case there's any lingering doubt in your mind, that's what the word baptize means. It means to immerse, to place under and to pull out again. It's a, it's a word that's used in uh, secular Greek for washing dishes. You know, if you only sprinkle your dishes, let me know. I'll bring my own when you invite me over to dinner. Um, for all the debate over all the years concerning the meaning of baptize, the meaning of the word is absolutely indisputable. Uh, the confusion is the creation of man. And there's a complicating factor. Because the word baptize in English is not a translation even before um, it, the, the King James Bible, the, the, the word had been confused in translations into Latin. And then when it was brought over into English, it's not a translation of the meaning because the meaning is immerse or dip. All right? But they brought the, the word over by transliteration, letter by letter from one alphabet to the other. The Greek word is baptizo. And rather than translating it immerse, and there's some fanciful stories about why the translators of the King James did not translate it, because they knew full well what it meant. Um, we won't go into that. But 
it just got transliterated, and so uh, that means that you can apply interpretations other than what it actually means. But there's an indication of the proper mode of baptism right here. Notice it says, Jesus was immediately, and, and, and they teach you that in seminary, bring them up immediately. Okay, you know, <laughs> there's been some I've been tempted to hold under for that confession of sin part. N- n- never have done it. Okay, immediately, look what it says. Coming up out of the water. You don't come up unless you're down. You don't come out unless you're in. Okay? It's no question what baptism means. Ah, but here comes the miracle. He was coming up out of the water. He saw the heavens opening. Don't you wonder what it looked like? Um, Mark used the most dramatic of all the words to describe this. He says, he says literally, he saw the heavens ripped open. Just torn open. I can hear the, I can hear the Velcro or the, or the fabric tearing. Now, the same word is used in the Greek translation of the Old Testament when Ezekiel describes something similar in Ezekiel chapter 1. And when he um, saw the heavens ripped open, he saw a vision of God including uh, four living creatures, angels, which show up again in Revelation. He saw a chariot and the wheels in the sky. When Stephen was being stoned just before he died, he saw the heavens ripped open. In his case, he saw the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. So apparently, when God decides to rip open the heavens and let you see something, you see precisely whatever He wants you to see at that moment. Now, in this case, it doesn't say anything about what he saw. It just says he saw the heavens opening, and the only thing he saw wasn't something in heaven. It was something coming from heaven. The Spirit, like a dove descending upon him. Now, we do know from John chapter 1, verse 33, that God had told John, and that's why I think John did have some other special revelation about all this stuff, but John had been told that when he saw this, that would be his confirmation of the arrival of the Son of God. And that text us helps us, by the way, lean toward thinking that John and Jesus probably hadn't seen each other, at least for a very long time, maybe never, if John needed this to verify that that was the Messiah. Now notice this phrase, as a dove. Um, this is some sort of a visible manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, this is the only instance in which the Holy Spirit is represented as a dove. Unless you count about a zillion bumper stickers and websites and television programs and Bible covers and t-shirts and assorted other holy hardware um, that we have today. Um, My friends, I I hate to burst anybody's bubble. The Holy Spirit is not a dove. All right? And it doesn't even say that He descended in the form of a dove. It says His descent was like a dove descending. Whatever John saw, his way of describing it, or the way of the witnesses of describing it, says when it landed on Jesus, it looked kind of like a dove landing on a perch. So don't go weird about the Holy Spirit and, and doves. 
This visible representation descended and came to rest upon him, looking kind of like a dove that descends on a perch. That's all we can say about it. But a much more important question is, why the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus? Wasn't He God? Yes. Well, how does God come upon God? Okay, I'll, I'll admit there's a little element of mystery here. But one explanation, and this is a terrible one, by the way, but I mention it because it got a lot of traction in the first and second century. It's the heresy of the group called the Gnostics, which came along, they were starting kind of by the close of the New Testament, and then they took full bloom in the early second century. They taught that Jesus was born merely as a man. And they said that at the moment of His baptism, this very special man, this spiritually enlightened man, but only a man nevertheless, at the moment of His baptism, the Christ Spirit came upon Him, and He at that moment became Jesus the Christ. In other words, He was not born Jesus Christ, but at His baptism, His last name got changed to Christ. They're saying that he, that's when He became the Christ, and then they further explain that the Spirit left Him just prior to His crucifixion. Now, that's, that's pure theological baloney, um, and many New Testament texts refute that belief. But here's what was happening. Remember, Jesus was born fully God and fully human. He he took on humanity. He was with the Father from eternity past. He took on humanity uh, in order to die for the sins of mankind. Those who had seen Him in those first 30 years had no problem understanding He's human. He is the man. And so uh, they had um, no problem with knowing that He is human, but now they have this visible representation of the Holy Spirit coming upon the man, Jesus, to demonstrate that the man was indeed God. He is indeed sent by God. He is indeed God Himself. The the humanness of Jesus was constantly empowered and enabled by by the work of the Spirit of God. Everything Jesus did, He did by the power of the Holy Spirit. And He says as much in plain language many times. Now the second part of this is way better. Not just the visual aid of the like a dove descending on Jesus. The second part of the miracle is the voice of of God the Father. You see it there? And a voice came out of the heavens. Two things pop out of heaven. The Holy Spirit descending in the manner of a dove and the voice of the Father. You are my beloved Son. In you I am well pleased. Now I'll give you another really quick little side trip here. Mark and Luke record what we just said from Mark chapter 1, verse 11. Matthew has it differently. Mark and Luke say, You are my beloved Son. In you I am well pleased. Matthew says, This is my beloved Son. In whom I am well pleased. So Matthew's is in the third person.
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.